camera TV. TV. So it's a so I said yeah. So I said yeah. So it's person, so it's woman, person, woman, man, camera, TV, camera. Deck the halls. I can't wait for goddamn Christmas. Aerial view with Chris Live. End times. Talk radio. Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern time. Call seven six zero four two two five five two eight. The pound. NYC.com. You have a podcast. Cool. Oh yeah, I invented them. You will go to your room and pick up every one of your toys and 
understand me? Everything I do turns into a disaster. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. Yeah, where's your messiah now? Yeah. La 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 catching. I've got some bad news, folks. Oh. Christmas is going to be canceled. Everything is canceled this year. Hey, it's me, Chris T. Here on thehoundnyc.com, where every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you can uh, howl along with the hound. That's right, a new hound howl, 3 p.m. And I'd venture to guess there's going to be some Christmas music that you've never heard before this Sunday. And then, of course, Crashing the Party with uh, Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the air. I was very honored to be mentioned in Miriam's Norton Records Kicks Books newsletter because of my store. That Cave, up there in Saugerties, New York. Open again this weekend, observing all COVID protocols and friends. I have recently bought a whole bunch of more shit to put in the store. It's good shit. It's not bad shit. It's good shit. So if you happen to be up there Saturday or Sunday, 11 a.m. to 6 on Saturday, noon to 5 on Sunday, put on your mask and drop down the stairs. Do drop in. If I ever had a bar, it'd be called the Do Drop In. Maybe I should have named this place the Do Drop In, but, you know, D-E-W. Get it? Do Drop In. Great name for a bar. But then people would be expecting liquor. And I ain't got... I just got old stuff and some new stuff. It's the kind of crap that I've been collecting all my life. And now I'm selling it. But, you know, you have to feed the beast, so you have to go and get more stuff so three big collections of stuff recently and it'll be in there I uh, I can't believe Christmas is one week from today in this year from hell 2020 I would put this year up against any year I've ever known as a piece of shit and it would come out number one something tells me I don't remember a year like 2020. 2020 can go fuck itself, as far as I'm concerned. Piece of shit year. And you know, it began with our cat Violet dying at the age of 17 on, what, January 20th, thereabouts. And then the next day, first reported case of coronavirus in Mirica. And I joke with Sweet Tea all the time. She knew. She wanted out. She knew. She wanted out. Didn't want to see this. I don't want to see this shit. Tired. I'm tired of it. I would say sick and tired, but thank God I'm not sick. I had my COVID test the other day. It's so efficient the way they do it, too. You get in a car, and you drive over to Union City. And you sit online, and they hand you these eight sheets of paper that look like they've been photocopied 15 million fucking times. That's how blurry and shitty they look. And then, uh, of course, you, you know they don't give you a writing implement. I brought my own pen, but I had nothing to lean on. I should have brought a clipboard. I owned several, and of course, I didn't bring any. And I'm sitting in my car on a cold, wet day trying to write on the surface of my iPhone 10 trying to align it with the boxes that need checking and filling out. And, uh, and, and, and and I can't recognize my own handwriting. That's how poorly it's going. And so I get up there and they prick my finger. That's right. <laughs> they prick my finger. 
Not the other way around. And then I got the dreaded swab up the nose. The dreaded shove it all the way up there swab. Threat me again. Threat me again. You're all a bunch of pussies wearing masks. You're all a bunch of pussies wearing masks. And then uh, 24 hours later, I get a text. It says I have no antibodies. Hey, you, guess what? You got no antibodies. I kind of imagine it in Joe Pesci's voice. I don't know why. We checked. You, you got no antibodies. And then I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the, the big one. The big one. What about the big one? Do I got it? Do I got the COVID-19? And, uh, nothing. Crickets. I don't hear ungats, stugats. And then finally, a couple of two or three days later, I call these fuckers. Say, hey, I had a COVID test the other day. Here's my name. Oh, what's your date of birth? Oh, you called the wrong phone number. Call this number instead. I call that number. What's your uh, name? Oh, what's your date of birth? No, 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 not this phone number. You want to call this number. You called the wrong number. I call a third number. Oh, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe they couldn't read your email address. Could that be it? Because they usually email the results. Maybe they couldn't read your email address. Is that the problem? And then I, uh, I get the big news. You're negative. Because I know, not to sound fatalistic, I, I'm pretty sure if I got it, it wouldn't go well for me. I got your uh, fucking comorbidities, your underlying issues, as they like to say. Speaking of comorbidities, my special guest tonight is Keith Hartell, who we haven't talked to in a while. So what the hell? Let's call Keith Hartell. That'd be a good name for a show. What the hell? Let's call Keith Hartell. So he's a fan of his insight into stuff. Always a fan. Yeah, you got to turn that part down. Hello. Oh my God. Sounds so good. How are you, Keith? I'm all right, Chris. How are you today? (laughs) I'm good. I'm just, I'm dealing with existence. You know, sometimes existence, it's like punching you in the the sack over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. How have you been? Have I asked already? Um, I don't know. I'm uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm chilling. I'm uh, in my man cave, sitting in a recliner. Okay. And I, uh, I've yeah, never seen it. I don't think I've ever been in there. And with the pandemic, I never will. Oh well, you. Uh, I'm in my new place because we talked about I moved, right? No. Oh, 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 well, I, yeah, last month was very hectic. That's why I feel hyper relaxed this month. But, uh, yeah, we moved to a different part of Hoboken. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that prompted by, dare I ask? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, very pertinent is it's like um, you, you, the, the pandemic and uh, this, uh, what they call a lockdown, um, it makes you spend like way more time in where you live, you know, your house or apartment. And, um, my wife, um, she she just got a point. It was like, we just have to get the fuck out of here. This we can't live like this. Um, so it was it was prompted by having to be in the apartment constantly. And um, the final, you know, we had talked about getting a nicer place from time to time, but yeah, it was it was a product of being trapped in there, like like the prison. I hear you. How long were you at the old place? Dare I ask? Oh man. Oh, um, I'm daring again. No, 16 years. 16, it would be like, um, holy yeah, crap. Years in uh, May. I'm trying to think if I've lived anywhere 16 years besides like uh, the house I grew up in. Yeah, it's the longest yeah. I lived anywhere. And it's, it's, and it's weird because it's um, the one time of my life that nothing changed. 
Can I thank you, by the way? Oh, yes. Uh, for not calling me to help you move. Thank you for that. Oh, what kind of animal do you think? I, dude, we're, 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 we're adults. This is not, that's, that's uh, 20 year old shit. Uh, okay. Shit. You're yeah. right. But still, thank you. <laughs> no, you're welcome. I, it, was a, it was a month-long process because um, we just kept the other place for an extra month. So I was doing daily trips, um, just bringing, you know, CDs and little amplifiers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just rolling it across town on your uh, radio flyer wagon. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. Still in uh, Hoboken. I, I, you know, I, I was in Hoboken a few times recently and um, it, it, it's funny, but I have that thing now where I drive around and I remember scenes from my life. It's like a goddamn John Lennon Beatles song. You know, I'm just, I yeah. picture where I did this and where I did that. And I, I always say to Sweet T when I, when I drive into town with her, I say, which one of the people who are no longer speaking to me might I cross paths with here in Hoboken? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> there's a few of them. And I always yeah. prepare myself for if I run into one of them. Do you, do you have to do that? Do you have people who are either no longer speaking to you or maybe you're no longer speaking <laughs> to them and you kind of mentally prepare for what, uh, how you'd handle an interaction if you cross paths? Or is yeah, that just me? Um, um, I've, it's a thing I've had a lot more in the past than I necessarily have now. Um, but, yeah, I have one person I can't say who it is. Um, who I almost never have to see, but if I do see him, um, it's it's like a total. This is a total on the outs. I'm not speaking to him, except if I do have to see him, I just act completely normal. How how, how does that go? I mean, does that mean have a oh, conversation he, with the person? What do you mean normal? Yeah, we're like, hey, how are you doing? I have not seen you in a while. How are you doing? Can't complain. You know, and it gets brief because. Uh, all right, oh, and meanwhile, right. in your mind, you're like stabbing him repeatedly, but only in your mind. Yeah, okay. Well, it's just like it's like I've erased this guy. I'm not supposed to have to do this. Oh. It's, not even, it's not even that can I, bitter. Can I like, drill down just a bit? I hate that expression, but ask uh, like yeah. why? What was the falling out? Do you remember? Was it? Is it still <laughs> yeah, it's pertinent? A, it's a hilarious or? story. Um, there's a, you, you, this is a person like I can't. This is, gets into this like I can't give too many clues because you probably figure out who it is, but like. Let's just say this is a guy who is a uh, prolifically has had like an inter uh, horrible interactions with people on Facebook where he's routinely blocked by people that know him. He um, he's a he's an insane contrarian, um, and it's like politics, but in a really weird, intense direction of where he's coming from that is disturbingly. Anyway, so I knew this guy from real life, and and I just went into. Like the scorched earth. This is years ago. Just like like destroy this guy on Facebook on every, like because and there was an audience for it because everyone hated him. But like just really just held back nothing, um, and and eviscerated this person in that like way. Is like I am writing things here to the public that will indicate um, me and this person we can never talk to each other again. We've crossed the line. A line has been crossed here. I, um, I, I admire is, that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so anyway, and he blocked me, and that mm. was an accomplishment, because everyone else would block him. And I was like, oh, no, fuck that guy. I'll make that guy block me. Yeah. It. Um, and then the next time I saw him, I was like, hey, Keith, how are you doing? And uh, I, I hardly ever have to run into him, but I'm just saying um, that's that's the one I can think of, the person I totally don't talk to that I've erased, that I might sometimes run have to run into, and I would act normal. Well... There are a couple of the three that I'm thinking of where I could probably have like a, f a fake conversation with them. I could fake it for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. I could, hey, how you been? That kind of thing. Keep moving. The third, yeah, however, yeah. would be more of a, that would be a bit diff more difficult. That, that one would be like, do I duck and go the other way and pretend I didn't see the person? I might actually have to scram, in other words. You know, I might have to scram. It might be a case of like, I'm going to hope they didn't see me. I'll use the uh, gender neutral pronoun they. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I won't give it away. Hope they didn't see me and scram would probably yeah. be the plan in that case. 
So oh, yeah, well, th- there's the other the people that um, that you really are on the not talking to list that kind of technically you would be. That I mean, I don't know if you're if, if that reminds me what you're saying there of like the avoidance thing is just like when you would have to act normal or like that there's no official reason that you're not talking to them, but you're not. Right. I don't know if you're talking about a thing like that. There is a reason that I'm not talking to them, but it would, like in your case, tend to reveal who the hell I'm talking about. Like why I'm being so <laughs> circumspect, it doesn't really matter. All I could say is I talked to this person plenty. In the, yeah. in, I, I, I talked to this person for over a decade, yeah. every, almost every day, yeah. except for weekends and even sometimes on the weekends. Oh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. For you know three what? hours a day. And I, I'm, I, I, I put in enough hours. It's a, I'm done. I don't have oh, to I ever. Feel, I feel silly. It took me this long to figure it out. Sorry. Okay. Well, the, meanwhile, <laughs> out there in the audience, they're just, it's just dawning on them. There's light bulbs <laughs> yeah. going off over heads everywhere. I imagine today, Keith Hartel, thank you for joining me. I imagine this moment where I am no longer afraid because my favorite artists, and I'll, I'll restrict my comments to like musical artists, but visual artists, any kind of artists, there's one word that binds them all together, and that word is unafraid. They are all unafraid. They put it out there. They put everything out there, and they don't care. And it's all part of their art and part of what they do so brilliantly. You know, we saw this film Blaze last night that came out in 2018 about Blaze Foley. Uh, uh-huh. It's there on the Netflix, I believe, but it's Ethan Hawke directed it. It's really, really good. Charlie Sexton is uh, is Towns Van Zandt, and then uh, Ben Dickey plays um, plays Blaze Foley. And oddly enough, today would have been Blaze Foley's birthday. Nineteen forty nine is on this date, December eighteenth. But um, just a, a genius, a real genius songwriter, a really smart guy, very intelligent. You know, murdered. Uh, he, I think he had just turned 40 or maybe was 39 years old and he was murdered but um the true artists the people who i really admire are unafraid and i don't know if i will ever achieve that there is still part of me and i don't know if it's just trying to be discreet or what that can't tell the full story of a lot of things that i've seen and done and I don't know. Have you reached that level yet? Have you gotten to where you're unafraid? I mean, when you had this throwdown with this guy, were you like, I am just unloading with both barrels on this fucker because it's time? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. So, yeah. And if you're really leaning into the Jameson, you can get to that place, Chris. You will not be afraid of anything. But that, that was, that was, that was the kind of like really like aggressive. Um, you know, a hard alcohol behavior, which, but still in, in sobriety, I still stood by it. Like I thought it was the right, you know, sentiment, right thing to do. Um, well, but, I, you know, it's that's, funny. That's not, that's not really legit. Unafraid. I wanted to talk to you about the 33 days left in the current administration. And it, and it really, and here's where I will segue the two subjects because I had to stop talking to somebody recently on on facebook not in real life not irl because it was a truck driver yeah and one of the many truck drivers i talked to uh for a long time as part of my career who had remained friends vestigially on facebook and i put a lot of stuff up there and mostly news like i'll report you know that's where people consume their news is on facebook i mean most americans most people i would imagine in the world that's the major news platform, even though they're not regulated like a news platform. And maybe it's time they should be. Maybe it's time they're broken up. Maybe it's time this behemoth. And by the way, the Russians are going to take them all down. Because the other thing I want to talk to you about was the Russian hack. But we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but this person, you know, commented on something that I said about the 33 days left. I think it was really just a photo I have this photo at the top of my Facebook page, and there are eight Donald Trumps. He's doing that L for loser thing on his forehead. I think that picture was taken when Mitt Romney lost. I'm pretty sure that's when it's from, because it's really yeah. his hand. Like, I didn't Photoshop it. I think, because he, you know, he's called a lot of people loser, 
right? And now it's interesting, like he's the loser and he can't handle it, which is why he can't concede. Psychologically, he can't ever admit that he might be a loser, even though he's been a loser multiple times in his life. This is just the biggest loss, but I digress. So this truck driver, uh, he does like a, a, a crying emoji when he sees this picture. 33 days. Like, I'm sad <laughs> that there's just 33 days left of this fucking horror show that we've been dealing with for four years, right? When we're, when we're finally 33 days away, and believe me, that's plenty of time to still fuck shit up. And there's going to be a lot of shit that's going to get fucked up in the 33 days ahead, I predict. Um... We still have many months of a pandemic to deal with before there's sufficient vaccine to get it under control. So, you know, I thought, okay, I didn't know this guy was still my friend, and I unfriended him. And then I felt terrible about it. I felt like one of those people who now, you know, this polarization that you keep hearing about, the way people have really split off into camps. I'm now one of these people I I don't want to... I don't really want to deal with this guy. I went and looked at his Facebook page, and it was awful. It was just awful. These awful memes of, like, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Obama as dogs being leashed by Xi of China. Like, he's got them all on leashes, (laughs) and somehow they're all Chinese. Like, they're all dogs in the service of the Chinese. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem correct. I mean, that... That seems incorrect. I mean, and then to think that this president, who's still president for 33 days, hasn't said anything since the news broke about this unbelievable Russian hack where they managed to get into this patch uh, of a company called Solar Winds. um, This patch for this software that's used by all these governmental agencies. And all these Fortune 500 companies and all these big IT firms, and they're all corrupted. They're all, (laughs) all their servers have this malicious code on it, which who knows if they'll ever find it, because this has been going on since March, much like the pandemic. It's been going on since March. So they've had plenty of time to put in what are called backdoors, and they have been, believe me, Jim Morrison was no backdoor man compared to these people they they are and i feel like this may truly be like in some ways a worse problem than the pandemic they could start shutting down the grid which we did to them by the way we shut we shut down a grid in russia just to show them what we could do it right so they could shut down a grid and you would have anarchy within five days if there was no power there would be absolute anarchy in the streets They could drain everybody's finances. They could shut off Google and Facebook and Apple. When do the Russians start fucking with shit, Keith Hartel? When when are they going to drop the other shoe? Oh, that's I don't buy into that. I mean, Rachel Maddow was saying that shit two years ago. The the Russian fear mongering coming from the media, you know, unsubstantiated point, you know, uh, intelligence. Like, there's not they're they're not really given evidence and we're not given information that we're supposed to be able to do anything with. It's just trying to make us scared. So it's like, well, it worked it, on me. Like, or, what are uh, you saying? It worked on me. I'm scared. I'm a scared. So yeah, yeah, are you saying I'm being a dupe? I'm being yeah. some kind of dupe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, we all are, but it's like, it's, it's fear mongering that serves no purpose and, and it's vague and it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm biased. Cause I just read this, like Glenn Greenwald just went off on the, how there's, there's they're, they're they put this stuff out there with and they can't confirm it they can't they don't have they're not showing us what the evidence but, is but but isn't he a good friend of ed snowden's and isn't ed snowden living in russia now and i mean what, is that, what does that mean I, I i i don't know i i'm asking you what does it all mean i i i don't know if i believe glenn greenwald why why believe him over anybody else why has he got because he's as never had to retract anything He's never and, had... But he points out that there's not like he was. I mean, look at his track record on uh, Russia Gate and him and Matt Taibbi, both of those guys. Yeah. The whole time they were saying they're they were saying the reporting was sloppy, which it was, and then they were saying a lot of this stuff had to be re- retracted. They counted a million examples and they said this isn't going to end up being what they're trying to say it is, and it wasn't. And 
so now those guys are routinely smeared for being right about Russia and being right about the media. I mean, you know that there's a whole war going on between corporate media and every other media. And it just comes down to, you, you start to see, it's, it gets easy to see the propaganda when some Taibis or Greenwald just point out, look, they're saying a Russia guy said, you know, an intelligence guy said this. It was like that, that, um, that fucking Russian snipers thing. That was made up. Um, that was later, you know, it, it was discredited later. But people keep on talking about that. Like, and, and it's, there's always this message, like, be worried about Russia. And um, I'm not worried about Russia. I'm worried about, you know, I'm worried about the straightening out the, 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 the sick. Straightening, straightening out the pandemic, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. the big, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the one I see that is like, there's things for me to do about it or think about it, but. Well, we can walk that? and like, chew gum at the same time. I'm just saying, yeah, be concerned about the pandemic. But also, this does seem like a big deal to me. This seems like, and, and, what, and what is what is the end game? If this is not true, if if this if this do you are you saying that somehow this is, dare I say, trumped up evidence or well, are you saying that, you know, you think it's completely false? Is there any basis in in fact as far as you're concerned everything you've read oh yeah i'm saying let me put it this way when in our entire lives to me it seems like maybe a brief window during the clinton administration we weren't supposed to specifically be scared of anyone that was trying to attack us or destroy us but we had the Cold War all growing up. We're supposed to worry, be worried constantly about that. They showed like that day after, so you could be scared of like if the nuclear holocaust actually happens. They keep you scared on that your whole life, then that ends. And then it becomes like, oh, you know, uh, terrorism. And you know, you had John Brennan making those like orange alerts and shit. Like we spent the whole first part of this, you know, the first 10 years of this century just always being told how much to be worried about terror attacks that mostly didn't happen, you know, because what, what happened instead is all the gun shit. You, you know what I mean? Like they tell you to worry about one thing and then something else kind of actually happened. And right now they're just saying, be worried. The Russians are up to something. They're trying to get into our computers to fuck with us. And it's like, well, yeah, my understanding is that we all the big countries do that to each other. We do it aggressively other um, to other countries. And Snowden got the reason why he's exiled is for exposing that we did it to ourselves. So, you know, it's it's I just feel like when they're trying to make you scared of something you have no control over. When they're trying to make you scared of terrorism, but you can't do anything about it, they do make us scared on purpose. I think that's conventional wisdom. It makes us agree to things. Right. Well, if you're saying it keeps people pliable so that they go along with certain things, yeah, you know, I'll concede that to some degree. Yeah. But I also and do including think... a war like a war in Iraq for no reason, but that was they made people scared enough that they could just barely get everyone to comply with it, and. I would say it seems like that's always in the works. Like it's in the works with Iran a lot. It's in the works with Russia a lot. This idea of like a tension, like an escalating tension. You know, you know how much they like they use when they talk about Russia um, when they were talking about them hacking. Or this is more like 2016, 17 talk. And they kept it. They started going like this is an act of war. You know what I mean? They used most aggressive words to make people feel like, okay, yeah, war. Okay, that's on the table. Russia started it. Like. They start, they really start manipulating us that way. Um, and another example was like, um, do you remember when when Trump assassinated that guy Soleimani in Iran? I do. Yes. The days building up to that, they were saying that was kind of based around what looked like a phony protest of the U.S. embassy because they showed film of it. The guys that put the pushed the door in with the log, they didn't look like their hearts were in it. It wasn't like when Kavanaugh got you know, confirmed. It was nothing like that kind of feeling. Um, but it was like, no, the, they're attacking our embassy. That was kind of this random nothing. And uh, now we have to figure out what we're going to do. And then when you're watching CNN, they were doing it with this tone of, we don't know what kind of aggression we're going to do. But it was all of a sudden, they weren't talking about Trump as a loose cannon. It was talk about what was going to have to be done about Iran. And it was saying like Iran's, they, what, they shot some kind of missile in our airspace. And this means we have to do something. And they were really teeing us up to get ready to, for this, like, traditional kind of entrenchment, I guess, you know, against Iran. But instead, Trump just assassinated one guy and started saying, I'm going to blow up all your fucking shit. I don't give a shit. I'm a crazy. 
I will destroy your country. I will especially destroy the landmarks. I will assassinate every one of you. And Iran was like, they backed off. And the weird thing is that was the most insane thing he ever did. And the news were, were just like, well, you know, considering the way Trump is usually covered, they're like, well, he didn't talk to Congress the right way. But you know what? No one can say it's bad that this guy got killed and something had to be done clearly. And, you know, if you think about that, um, they were they want us to feel like, yeah, um, no, Trump can't be justified. Anything he does except aggression against Iran. That's that's no coincidence. Well, you've given us a lot of thought, I see. And well, I, it happened a year ago. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh I, I still feel the Russians are bad actors. I still feel like I there's there's no way in hell I would turn my back on Vladimir Putin. I I do believe that uh, he would like to disrupt the European Union. He would like to um, degrade the United States, if at all possible. And the way to do that in this day and age is not with a fighter jet or an aircraft carrier. It's a bunch of people in a building on the outskirts of Moscow, you know, trying to burrow into these computer systems. I, I, I th- I'm going to hold my breath and hope you're right. I, I don't want to be a dupe and I don't want to feel like I'm getting unnecessarily worried. I will say that this is worrisome and I find it, I find it concerning that the still 33 days out president hasn't said a word about it. I just well, find it concerning. Well, to me, anything that Trump doesn't do from here on in, I just, I mean, not not that it can't have to do with other things, but he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just like, all right, I'm done. All right, you know, I think he's just kind of, he, he ain't the guy that's going to be, like, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's on his way out of his lame duck phase. I hear that. All. By the way, it, have you heard that the uh, they're bidding, they're offering up for bid the chance to implode uh, the Trump Plaza Casino in Atlantic City. Yes, I have yeah. heard about that. And they're looking to get half a million dollars for charity. Well, so, as, long as, as long as it's for a good cause. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the COVID-19, just a little bit of an update here. Newly released COVID-19 data showing that most U.S. cities are sustained hotspots. Sustained hotspots. There are a few areas in the country where you have a low or moderate burden. And uh, it looks like, just a cursory look, lots of Montana and Alaska. Mm. And guess what? Hawaii. Because Hawaii is an island, right? So they can control shit. Why the fuck aren't we on Hawaii? Why? Why why are we in New Jersey instead of Hawaii? Yeah. How did we work out our lives that we're not living there? And we're living here. Inertia. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hate inertia. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> inertia. Uh, we could be hanging out with Willie right now, like playing poker. No COVID. You know, I would yeah. work my connections. Go say, hey, hey, Willie, we'd like to play poker. Come and play poker. We've got. I've got a couple of grand, and he's going to be. That's going to be your first hand. Is going to be a couple of grand. We're not messing around. So. That probably wouldn't happen. Uh, Keith Hartel is my guest. We are talking about, uh, what, a week before Christmas. It's a week out from Christmas. Do you have any Christmas feeling in you? Do you feel Christmas at all in your heart or anywhere else? No. 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 Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I, um, uh, you know, um, no, um, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm still. I'm staying with no. I, I have associations with it. I. Uh, but I. I don't recognize Christmas any more than absolutely necessary. All right. Uh, I, and I'm married. Married to a Jewish woman. So well. I yeah. I went I, with that. I'm, I'm married to a vegetarian. It doesn't really have any effect on Christmas. She is Roman Catholic or was raised Roman Catholic. So. Uh huh. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Me. That's my so, official designation. Well. Yeah. So. Uh, but we we decided this year because we weren't going to have our big party which like would have been tomorrow basically uh-huh. uh that we weren't going to put up a tree so we didn't put up a tree because we also have this little kitten this kitten yeah. is maybe three yeah. months old you know and martin the kitten would destroy a christmas tree i just know he would destroy it he would break all of the ornaments on the tree he would chew on the light bulbs he would try to pull the damn thing down 
you know, he would have a field day with a Christmas tree. So we think maybe next year he'll be a little more grown up. Plus, guess what? There might not be a pandemic any longer, so that would be good. Uh, but we put up a few decorations, and I just don't feel it quite yet. I, I don't feel Christmas. I don't feel it in my heart. I don't feel it in my mind. This year has been so disorienting. Oh, yeah. So stressful yeah. and so fucked up um, that we are all ready for it to be over, you know, beyond over. And I guess yeah. in uh, 13 days it will be. 13 days. Uh, yeah. Less yeah, than two yeah. Don't expect it to change 100% overnight, though. I'm not. Personally, right. I'm expecting it to uh, grind on in this uh, misery mode for months longer. I, I don't, don't expect but... really in June. I'm looking for June, July, maybe end of June, beginning of July to really start to feel like we're emerging from this long, dark passage finally. Oh, and Look, try this. Like, think about, you know, I'm thinking about Easter. Um, I just have a vision of just all the businesses, the economy opening back up on Easter. Easter? When the hell Easter. is Easter? I don't it's even like, know. I'm a, I'm a, April, April. April? Okay. Why don't I know that? that? Was, I, I, was do, I was doing a callback to that was when... Um, I, I, right. When didn't he say that... Every, to open back up on Easter. Yeah, everything was going to be open by Easter. I mean, I... It was good symbolism. Yeah. It's good branding, you know? Didn't pan out. <laughs> you know, now that you mention that, you remind me, the driver that I unfriended, uh-huh. I think the thing that really kind of lynched it for me is that it um it 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 really he was kind of being like a a denier if you will of uh the uh, the whole idea of um the 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 pandemic like the pandemic was not happening and you know that it was really not one of those people that are sort of like it's the you know the seasonal flu is as bad one of those people yeah yeah the seasonal flu is just as bad. And uh, that, that to me, is like I don't want to get into a conversation of um, the way that this is different and the way it's worse than the seasonal flu and the way that, you know, because it's novel, it's, you know, there's really no way to ameliorate the effects of it. There, there are, but you have to be like, I guess, in the current administration or in the f- current family. Right. To do that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I was like, OK, I, I can't. This is the part of the equation that I can't deal with anymore, really. And I think if we can agree on little else, Keith Hartel, we can agree that <laughs> there are people who like live in reality and then other people who don't. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm I, I'm actually I'm, I'm more uh, ambiguous about that than. Ambivalent, that's the word. I might, I'd be probably more ambivalent about that. Like, I, I mean, I think that everyone, everyone seriously overrates how much they live in reality. But um, because like when, when, I mean, if I'm talking, if you're talking about like what you call the deniers, right? It's like, like I'll look at those people and I mainly just think about, well, what's their motivation for wanting to find evidence to believe what they're saying? And it's not hard to see. Like if you're talking about a guy who's a truck driver who wants to act like everything's normal and then he's picking out data points that, you know, are massaged to suit him. He sees it from news sources or whatever. And he picks out the stuff that makes him feel better about stuff. But I think every, I mean, I know everyone does that, but um, yeah, in reality versus out, it's definitely not black and white. Like that's the least black and white thing in the world. Um, I am on team. It's real, but yeah, well, as am I, and I and I and I feel like you know, I guess the point that is really crucial for me is yeah. that um, these organizations that have stepped forward to fill the void ever since uh, Fox News betrayed the president by saying he lost, right? Uh, the One America News Network and the News Maxes and these other kinds of places that are trying to outfox Fox, uh, they're growing influence. The idea that they're just spreading absolute horseshit 
and there's a willing audience for it. I mean, I don't know. I when I say like the reality-based community, I do think there are facts. There are there's facts and there's a lot of other stuff. So you know, to go back to what you were saying earlier, if we look at the facts of what happened with the Russia hack. Do we really know what's going on? Have they told us which companies were hacked? Have they told us how it might affect us? Have they really revealed anything? No. Do they have uh, explanations for why they haven't yet? Yes, they have explanations. Do you buy their explanations? Maybe not. Maybe you don't buy them. Maybe it's difficult to trust the government, especially the federal government, because of its track record. So you are right to be skeptical and you are right... But I do believe there is a deep state of professionals who have a real abiding interest in keeping this nation afloat. They're true patriots. And I do think that they have sort of guided this uh, rudderless ship for the last four years and kept it as best they could from the shoals. Maybe, maybe... You know, the pandemic is a failure, but it's a failure on so many levels at so many different positions and in so many countries. It would be hard to pin it all on one person. I do think that Donald Trump took an oath to protect this nation from all evildoers, foreign and domestic. Yeah. And I consider the virus to be an evildoer and he didn't protect us from it. It was uh, like an incompetent response to a dangerous pandemic because his response to everything is fairly incompetent. It's, it's, it is. It's, yeah. he's, he kind of stumbles through life, and then he this last one kind of got him. But Mike Pence did sit down today and get poked. He got the uh, one of the vaccines, I think the Pfizer. I think he got the Pfizer. They gave it to him. He was wearing a mask. Uh, do you think because he wants to run for president, is he is he trying to like now he's you know putting on the mask? Come a bunch of pussies wearing masks and getting uh, poked in public well, because it, he thinks he still has a career after political career, post Trump political career. Oh um, yeah, people say that. I don't I don't have a very strong sense of of the guy or I don't know what the Republican Party who thinks they're going to make a move after after this. I don't know, but you know, sure. Sure. I mean, as far as wanting to be normal, like him wanting to be normal and not be like, you know, not not carry the Trump brand on into the future. That. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'm sure he wants to be normal. I mean, the mask thing, I think just a lot of those people and Mike Pence would be one of them. Um, you know, the whole time you're always hearing about the Trump administration or people around Trump not wearing masks. That's that whole like, you know, he doesn't Trump doesn't want Mike Pence wearing a mask, you know, so we'll, Mike Pence wears it as little as possible. Because Trump's the boss, and he doesn't want to make boss, you know, yell at him. Who does? Exactly. Well, that's 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 the thing is he's carried it on to into the whole. Uh, I mean, that's you know, I read a, I read a few books about that Trump administration, and it's really just like if you've ever been in like a band or like what a place of work where there's just like one person is a lunatic, and all anyone cares about is just. <laughs> how something's gonna piss him off and he's gonna act crazy and no one will be able to talk to him. What? That's that's the situation with this. Oh. Gee, I wonder what that's like. Where one person is a lunatic. Hmm. Yeah, I then wonder what like, that's yeah, like. Every single yeah. thing that is like you're not even thinking about your own problems. You're just thinking Imagine like uh, they're gonna work get mad day after day with a malignant narcissist. Imagine that. Who made life <laughs> yeah. living hell, who made every day on the job living hell. You had to think about yes. too much, yeah. too much of the, uh, you know, the square footage in the old noggin there. Yeah, in the old brain pan, if you will. Uh, talking to Keith Hartel and uh, a week out from Christmas, the winter solstice around the corner. We got uh, 13, 14 inches of snow here on Wednesday and uh, cleared it all out. And I don't know what the roads are like, but... You know, we're going to be driving around. I'm going to be heading out over the weekend. What about you? When's the last time you went anywhere or did anything besides moved? That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, but ironically, you know, um, within the few, you know, what, you know, like 10 blocks all added up in Hoboken. Um, so, yeah, the move didn't even feel that much like a move. The last place we ever went was when we went to Madison to get 
adopt our cat. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Now, is that a tuxedo cat as well? You got a tuxedo cat? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got a tuxedo cat. We got to get Martin a bow tie to go with the tuxedo. Yeah, class him up. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 2020. Uh, What other, in case we don't talk again before 2021, what what are the other high points for you? And by that, I mean low points too. But things in 2020 for you that really, you really want to take note of before the year changes? Anything? Oh, man. Well, you know, well, I mean, there's the one thing about it is uh, I really found out and I'm still finding out like what it's, who, who do I become if I, if I never have to leave the house? Have you, so, yeah, is there any, are you taking any notes uh, on that? What are you finding out? I'm finding out, like, um, I, I'm i just really, I'm. that's a real thing, man. I love not leaving the house. So you could be quite, you could do quite well as a hermit, what they used to call a hermit, a shut-in. Yeah. You, you would be fine um, if, like, you just, ne- you got all your stuff delivered to the house, you did everything online. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it seems it's not healthy. I mean, I psychologically, that's not the, what you're supposed to want. And I do feel like, you know, I'm ready to go out and go physically to work and things like that or go into a room with men and play instruments. Um, but what, what, the ladies aren't welcome? What about the ladies? Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, it's a, it's I know. what I'm I know, I'm, I know. Just say they, they or them. I thought this was a safe place. <laughs> I, I never said that. I never offered any such thing. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I, yeah. What I would probably yep. possibly anyway. Um, let's talk about yeah, death. I mean, I, then. I, I, okay. I, yeah. Well, let's talk about death because uh, there's a lot of thought out there that, that that this year has changed everyone's perception of like. I mean, death is a very, it's a concept that's very hard to wrap your brain around under any circumstances because we all we know is being alive and we don't know. Uh, it's like, you know, the Beatles asked. We we don't know what it's like to be dead, right? So we, yeah. but this year it kind of shoved it in its face. It like grinded your face in it because now we're at 300,000 deaths and we could, who knows how many more thousands will be added before this thing is under control. It could be a half a million Americans die. Worldwide, uh, 1.6 million people have died of coronavirus so you start to think about your own demise because now it is more immediate than it's ever been you could breathe the wrong air and a few days later you could be you could cease to exist you could be expired so what what is this thinking done for you have you have you pondered that or or is it just me oh i i think everyone ponders it um to their own degree. I think that, um, I think there's a different way if you don't have kids, which we don't have kids. I, th- I think it's a little different because um, I imagine if you have kids, you get this reminder of like, okay, I've just moved up a notch towards the, you know, the cycles of life. Like, um, so yeah, it, time can seem so long, like your life could seem so similar for so long, you know, things like unchanging and like, like saying that I lived at that last place for 16 years. It was, and everything was the same. I had the same job. I did the same things. And, um, it's the longest stretch of my life I ever did either the same job or the same relationship or the same house. And it just whizzed by. And, uh, yeah. So it's kind of like, it feels like the older you get, you stop or you can stop thinking in terms of like the future. It's interesting. I've been thinking along the same lines, and I, I, I think all the time about that phenomenon whereby the longer you live, the faster time seems to go because you have more experience of units of time. So, yeah, yeah. so because you're so familiar with what a year is, like you turn around and it's December 18th already, and the last thing you remember, it was last year and you were having your Christmas party and then the world, the shit hit the fan. The whole world being the fan, I guess. And so, 
Yeah, and but but you're right. People do think about it, but I think this year especially, all of the layers between us and what may or may not happen to us over the next few days, if we go anywhere or do anything, that is that that veil has been shredded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's more more real. Like it's uh, real stakes. This is you know, it's, it's not something it's, for the future when things become dicey. Yeah. It's dicey now. And so I I hope we all make it through this thing. I hope everybody listening, everybody listening to this program right now. And then the podcast later, available from uh, Amazon Music Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. I hope we all make it through this damn thing. It's pretty it's pretty nasty. It's a pretty bad thing. And it's not going to be the only one. You know, we might see another one of these in our lifetimes. Oh, I think yeah. the well, way that human beings have encroached on the habitats of uh, these creatures means that now we come in contact with them. Don't well, you, go. You know, it's funny because, like, um, if you think about this is a typical example of where, you know, for decades, you know, we were either – being worried about like climate change is like that's the big threat to humanity that is in the foreseeable future, and then if we happen to be at some given time scared of like a war, or like a you know a war that could suddenly happen for no reason, and it turns out it's like germs. We weren't we weren't. I mean, there were people who were in charge of being worried about germs, but as a culture, that wasn't the thing that we were kind of trying to um, you know kind of steel ourselves to get ready to hunker down against was germs. Yes. Part of the problem is, you're right, the military budget, because of the way we spend those billions upon billions of dollars is to fight these wars that are now pretty pretty much extinct. I mean, who's going to have a land war requiring tanks? I mean, this you know, that's all companies in Mitch McConnell's districts back in Kentucky getting that getting all that sweet, sweet cash from the U.S. government. And he makes sure they keep getting it because then, you know, then they'll. They'll still want him. They'll still want him around. They'll make sure he sticks around. So there is there. There's a beast to be fed, but we fed the wrong beast, and now we're we're paying the price for that. But well, uh, no, there's that. But I'm also talking in terms of like is like what we get habituated to being told to think about for the future. Like the, a lot of that environment stuff is like we're supposed to okay. Imagine a time in the future there's going to be problems with uh, water supply, or there's going to be a problem where everyone's going to have to move. Or, you know, in, in our lifetimes, like life-threatening thing for the future. Like, so last year, they said, okay, if we don't start doing this immediately, 10 years from now, we're fucked. But it turned out we were fucked the next year just from germs. And that was the one we weren't, no one was telling you to start getting ready for that. Yeah. Really. Well. So, like, I just mean culturally, like, not even, like, politically, but just, you know, what we think about trying to anticipate the nightmare that's going to, to, to wipe us out. Um, we always guess wrong. I think there's still time for a meteorite strike before the year is over, by the way. I think there's time for uh, any number of uh, calamities, earthquakes, uh, for instance. I, I, I do think let's hang on. Let's yeah. hang on and get through this. Keith Hartel, always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. And if I don't see you, you know, Merry Christmas. There's no war on Christmas here. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Wow. Happy New Year. Uh I think Yola Tango's doing their thing tonight. They're not doing six nights, but they're doing one night. It's on the radio somewhere. Go look it up online. Uh, and um, I'll talk to you again in 2021. All, All right? right, man. It's been yeah. a wild ride. It has been a wild ride. Always one of my favorite people, Keith Hartel. That'll do it for me. I'll turn you back over to the Hound in just a bit. Hound howls, new ones. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And crashing the party 5 p.m. Eastern with Mark and Miriam. Do up Chop Shop of the Year. Hey, we've lowered the prices on the Hound shirts at thehoundnyc.com slash shop. New lower prices for the holidays. Go and get a Hound t-shirt before they're all gone. This is it's probably going to be the last batch, folks. So get them before it's too late. And, uh... I'll see you again next Friday when it's actually Christmas. I'll either be live or a pre-recorded area. One of those. <laughs>